Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. I went from a brand new idea to an online course in three weeks with a small list and and was able to generate $15,000 when I identified this need and got something out there. Today on episode 533 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with business strategist to thought leaders, Jason Van Orden. We're in unprecedented times, and I hope stories like these can help give you some ideas you can use to find opportunities in the midst of disruption. I'm going to ask Jason how you can create multiple streams of income from your expertise and much more. You can find out more about Jason along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Right now, digital marketing is more important than ever to keep your business going. Your clients need to know you are here to help them deal with their challenges. Our friends at SiteHub have many resources to help your audience stay aware of how you can help them. Contact SiteHub today at yoursitehub.com. Now let's welcome Jason Van Orden. Jason helps thought leaders to reach a larger audience with their ideas, create new income streams from their expertise, and build business models that align with their values and goals. As a consultant, trainer, and strategist, Jason draws from more than 14 years of researching top internet influencers and experimenting with his own personal experience. Jason's experience includes creating multiple successful brands, launching over 60 online courses, teaching more than 10,000 entrepreneurs, generating seven figures in online course sales, and 8 million downloads of his podcast. Jason's mission is to help visionaries with impactful ideas to connect with the people they serve best and the problems they can most uniquely solve. Jason, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hi, David. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's great to have you on. Um, You and I have known each other for a while and we've uh, traveled in the same circles for a while. So it's great to be able to actually record an episode and share it with our audiences. Absolutely. So this whole concept of thought leader, I always find it sort of an interesting, um, mm. interesting topic. Like what makes a thought leader could be an episode in and of itself. But, but let's, let's talk about the challenges that thought leaders have. And one of the things that I find kind of interesting, particularly about your expertise, is that thought leaders are frequently the business strategists for their ideal clients. And you are a business strategist for thought leaders. How did you actually get to this point? Yeah, so I have been online doing digital marketing and branding and and online courses and things since about 2004. And, you know, I'll just get a very brief of my background, but in a number of different ventures that I had going on at one point, uh, when podcasting first kind of showed up on the radar, I stumbled across it in 2005 and started a podcast called Internet Business Mastery with a friend of mine. And it just happened to be the first podcast about internet marketing, online entrepreneurship and such things. And because we were so early to the game and you know, people were hungry for that content, it it took off, turned into a very popular show, and then eventually into a business that was entre- uh, an educational company for entrepreneurs, people just getting started, you know, employees stuck in a job, wanted to figure out how to make that transition into entrepreneurship, particularly through the internet. Fast forward, you know, a few years ago, I took a hiatus from that business and kind of branched out to do some other things. I'd been doing that podcast for 12, 13 years and that business for quite a while. And as I looked back over the the history of working in that business, you know, it was, it was 
very fulfilling to help people find that freedom from their employment. But the thing that really, as I was asking myself the question of what I really enjoyed a lot that I would like to carry forward or, or double down on more, uh, what came to mind was thinking about those stories where it was, you know, like the, the mother of two from Austin, Texas, who had a story about her high-risk pregnancy that she wanted to share through a podcast. And then she became an expert on that because of sharing her story in a podcast, right? Or you've got someone over here who, you know, failed his pediatric board exam the first time through found that the resources that were out there were very, very lacking. So he launched his own company, shared his story, and then, you know, passed it, obviously, and then started a, a company that's become, you know, so my point being, it was that power that the internet has now given us in the last 15, 20 years for anybody to share that story, that message, that expertise that they have. And I think of it as a bit of like, you know, we've got Spotify for music now, which does this wonderful job of, of zeroing in and helping us find that exact thing that we like to listen to. I mean, we have, you know, a smorgasbord of, of entertainment available to us. And I think in the same way, there's lots of pop, uh, problems and populations in the world. And now there's that uh, ability for anybody to find that exact voice, that exact expertise or perspective that best serves them. And, you know, to turn that around, anybody who has that thing that they want to share, they have that, that opportunity to, to reach that slice of the world that they're uniquely positioned to be able to help. So then how did I end up? Well, that, that was kind of the, the spark of that. And so then I dove into, you know, consulting, going inside of people's businesses where I've been doing largely digital courses for my other business before that, and just started forming these, these frameworks to help people craft their messaging and, and come up and find their unique voice so they can stand out on what's becoming an increasingly noisy internet. Uh, so it's just the culmination of all my, my experience and interests and where I think my strengths are. And I'm also a very curious person who loves important ideas. And so now I find myself uh, seeking regularly to, to work with that kind of person to get their message out there in a bigger way and help them make good money while they're at it. No, sounds good. Uh, and Jason, you've referenced sort of two themes that I think are really uh, profoundly supporting some major transformations that have taken place in the last 20 years or so, roughly the um, almost the amount of time that you've been in this field. One is you've talked about technology. Technology has certainly changed the way we work, the way we live, the way we interact, et cetera. And the second is the way people actually make money with their expertise. So, you know, if you go back 50 years ago, people with expertise, the primary mechanism for making money in the Western world was to have a job. Mm. And the theory was, particularly if you had a good education and you were college educated or maybe grad school, you were trained to work in a particular field. You more than likely aspired to work for a very small number of big entities over the course right. of your career. As an employee, you would get well paid. Um, in those days, you would actually be paid a pension. It was long before 401ks and IRAs, you'd be paid a pension. And so you'd work for 20, for like 30 plus years, retire. That big organization would then support you in your retirement years and life would be good. Well, fast forward to today, I don't know what the statistics are, but they're probably way more gig workers now than employees. And, right. if, and if there aren't yet, there will be very soon. And probably, right. um, especially this year, there's a huge disruption in the way people work that's going on. It's like the whole world has transitioned. Anybody who's a knowledge worker all of a sudden is working from home, right. where, where that used to be something that was looked down upon. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, great, you can work from home, you're hired. 
Um, <laughs> right. So, so there's this, there's this huge shift in how people are making money, and you actually have figured out sort of the nuts and bolts behind all of this, and can help people understand both how to use the technology and also how to make money with their expertise in this noisy world and this chaotic world and through this disruption, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, it is very interesting what's going on right now. And it's also shined a big spotlight on online education, which, you know, it's been around for a while, of course, but that's, that's also, and the reason I mentioned that is because, you know, one of the many ways that I help people package up their knowledge is through, you know, some kind of online offering, online course, uh, for instance. And so that's that's very interesting there too, that I think a lot more people, I mean, out of necessity now are teaching and learning in that way. And uh, so I've seen a lot of people pivoting lately and and taking their offerings into that realm as opposed to, you know, like clients I work with who used to go into companies and hold workshops on leadership and communication, and now they can't travel and be in person and do that. So it's like, Pivot, pivot, pivot. Let's, we're, we're launching an online course for them, right? So it, it is interesting, the, the disruptions that's, that's going on there and how we work, especially as gig workers, knowledge workers, and then also how we uh, convey our knowledge as well. Right. So given the fact that even before the disruption, lots of high-achieving uh, knowledge workers, people who are experts in their field, as entrepreneurs, often struggle to produce consistent, stable, recurring revenue, and now with the disruption, there's a whole new set of challenges on top of the challenges that had already existed before this. What strategies do you find work really well for building stability when you are a thought leader? Yeah, so at a strategic level, I think one of the most important things you can do are, are two, two things that, and then I can get a little bit more tactical, but number one, get very, very, very good at customer discovery. And there's a lot of great methodologies out for that, but really it's as simple as get on the phone with the people that are your ideal audience, your ideal type of client that could be past clients, current clients, uh, would-be clients, people that are on an email list. And you know, with this disruption, everyone's needs shifted rapidly overnight. Markets are always shifting. And and when I start working with clients very frequently, we're doing some initial customer discovery work and some initial positioning work just to kind of realign and recheck in with the market. The better you can get at that, the clients and just the people that I know that have been doing uh, okay over the last few weeks and pivoting, even ones that lost 40% of their immediate income, uh, did a really, really good job of checking in with the marketplace to say, well, where did the need shift and how can I best create value? And then kind of opening up and loosening up what the the assumptions or givens were around how they typically would offer value and fulfill those needs for their for their marketplace. And so that's the number one strategy that's, that's important. And the second thing that I, I say is really important, and especially in a time like this, is uh, speed, being able to very quickly test and get something to a marketplace. And so like I, you know, I help clients a lot launch pilots of courses before they ever like record lots of, you know, videos or something more polished or whatever. So if you can do that customer discovery and you can pilot something very, very quickly into the marketplace, those are two again, at a strategic level, those are two things that are serving people incredibly well, or that I would recommend that people, and the good news is like those two skills actually work great, even when you're not in a, you know, global disruptive shift and crisis, because, you know, again, things are very changing in this, in this day and age, but uh, more than ever, that's very, very important to get a little more specific and, and tactical. You know, it, it can be as simple as I'll give an example, a, a client of mine, because and I like this example, because it seems very non, um, you know, it's not just simply a consultant going online and now doing Zoom consulting calls, but she 
teaches, I mean, she has a very portfolio kind of sources of income, teaches at, at Princeton, but then also does her own workshops and has mentoring clients. And, you know, she also uh, works in, in shows during choreography. And a lot of that stuff dried up and went away. And so very quickly, she put together a few different initiatives. For one, she saw that a lot of teachers, particularly in her field, movement and dance teachers, who are used to being in the studio teaching, were just floundering and, and feeling very lost about, okay, how do I go about teaching now? And she actually has taught pedagogy classes in the past, but she decided to go ahead and launch one specifically at a time right now to bring some teachers together and give them a place to kind of, you know, to talk. And, and then also she's, you know, teaching these skills that she's picked up over the years and many of them that she can apply to the online space. And so, you know, within two weeks, boom, she, she got this thing out there and filled it up with 15 people because she was hearing through her network, paying attention to social media, this this distress that people had, and they jumped at the chance to, and, and you know, a lot of these people, well, you know, some of them signed up because like, wow, I've always wanted to take this class, but I'm not in New York City where you're at, and you always teach this thing in person, and now that you're online, and then some of them were people that are just hearing, you know, from social media and friends and stuff, you know, wow, okay, this is great, this is a need I have right now, I'm stuck as a, as a teacher of, of dance and movement, knowing what to do. So that's just, you know, an example is, is you can very quickly pilot a class and she's just teaching this through zoom it's you know a series of uh i believe it's over five or six weeks every week there's a, a zoom call she sends out some materials there's recordings that come together you know there's tools that she's putting together they're having discussions and she was able to replace a good chunk of her income very very quickly by launching a pilot course like that okay so customer discovery speed what else so when it comes to then putting together an, an offer, so I gave that example of this client, the process or the, the strategy of going about this is to think of it in just four simple pieces that you need to put together to make this work. Number one is, and we've kind of already touched on this, just knowing who is that ideal client or student or customer. And when I say that, it's not just like demographically, but like what is very top of mind right now? And, and what was top of mind for people shifted very quickly in a matter of days, right? So what are the things that they're struggling with right now? The outcomes they're looking for the problems, the unfulfilled needs. You get that. So when you've got that ideal person, and then you you get what I call the promise of the course, which is what is you're going to what is it you're going to deliver, and your learning outcomes might be, you know, the kind of the more pedagogical is that a word? You know, the teaching uh, word for that. Now you just have two more pieces to figure out, and that is the process and the experience. And I, I separate these out for a very specific reason. The process, especially anybody who's listening, who who is a coach or a teacher or a consultant or you know facilitator, you have a process of getting somebody from point A to point B across a gap, right? And so if you've identified that gap for this specific person between where they are and where they want to go, you know, your signature process, your combination of steps and tools and perspective and answers to questions and the myths and misconceptions you got to help people with in order to give them through these various milestones. I work really hard with clients to put together a signature version of that method or process because that now becomes an asset that you can you know, slice and dice and restructure in a variety of ways to create multiple streams of income. So to be a little more specific about that, you know, signature method would be like, you know, Stephen Covey's, you know, seven habits, or even as something as simple as you've got Mel Robbins and her five second rule, right? But such a simple thing, but in the depths of it, you know, she speaks about that. She can write a book about it there. So having all those pieces laid out then allows you to very easily repurpose that. And so in the context we're talking about here, 
for my friend, you know, those six calls are just those six pieces of her signature process of helping somebody become a better teacher, specifically in the movement and, and uh, dance space. The experience then is just answering three questions either to wrap that process up and deliver it to the ideal student. So the three questions you want to ask here are, how are they going to access the information. So in her case, it was, they're going to get on live Zoom calls with me because that's a very quick way to do it. I don't have to create all of the, uh, you know, audio visual stuff in advance. I can sell it fast and just start delivering and and putting it together over the next coming weeks. Eventually that experience might be pre-produced digital videos that get put into a platform of some, uh, some sort. But that's the first question is, how are they going to access? How am I going to deliver an information? How does the student access the information? Number two is how do they have access to me? On the one end of the spectrum, you could have a purely digital course, which is wonderful because it's not attached to your time after you've made this thing. And so people can you know, buy it on the other side of the world while you're sleeping, that whole proverbial thing there. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got your very nuanced one-on-one access and then something in between. You know, often I put together courses with clients where there's some combination of, you know, Zoom calls and Q&A calls, but then there's also some digital things that people are accessing, worksheets and tools. And, you know, so this is, this is how are they getting access? You know, they might have a certain number of one-on-one calls they can have with me, but at the same time, they can send these worksheets in. I can very quickly look over so, you know, I don't have time to get into there, but there's lots of different combinations of ways to make it efficient for your time, still deliver good results for the students and have a good experience that delivers that and takes them through that process. So how are they going to access the information? How are they going to access you? And then the third question in the experience is how are they going to have access to each other? Uh, of course, when we're going to the digital realm, they're not physically in classroom with each other, which has its own advantages. But I run a lot of online workshops where we will be on Zoom and everybody, the way I facilitate it, you know, they can ask questions, people benefit from other people's questions, or somebody brings to the table a problem that we're going to hot seat together and they get input from the other students. And so, you know, that, that sense of either community or just even normalizing the experience by seeing what other people are struggling with or accomplishing or doing, you know, being able to collaborate, there's a lot of value in that as well. So answering those three questions to craft an experience, now you've got, you know, the ideal student, you've got the outcome that they need uh, most that you can deliver, you've got the process for getting them there, and you wrap it in an experience, and now you've got an offer. You've got, you know, an online course or online, you know, offer of some sort. It could be a group coaching course, a lot of different formats, again, depending on how you answer those questions. But that's kind of the the overall framework that I use to help for either putting my own uh, offers together or helping clients package up their knowledge and put an offer together as well. Right. And and I would presume because it sounds like from what you said, these offers that your clients are providing can either be one time transactional offerings or they could be ongoing recurring revenue offerings. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the first time she's taught this pedagogy class online, but now she's thinking I might do this every year as a workshop now because then people, right? But then she's also thinking, I would like to sometime later this year when things settle down, re-record this as a set of videos and then potentially just have it as on my website as something people can buy. And I've got my own suite of things, you know, uh, a mastermind that people can join for six months. I've also got, you know, an eight-week online workshop that people can go through. I've got some digital courses that people can buy. And so that's where the business model starts coming together is through this suite of offers that hopefully maximizes the value you get to deliver to every customer that comes within your orbit but then also allows you to make the maximum amount of profit from every customer that you attract and and work with as well. 
and you know then also diversifies. I mean, that's that's the nice thing going back to our conversation about disruption is one way to fortify yourself against these ups and downs is to have a diversity of income streams. You know, somebody who's depending a lot and maybe making incredible money speaking a few months ago is now struggling to to make that income, right? Well, there's other ways to package up your knowledge. And so there's a lot of options there in, in how you package up and deliver that. Right. And Jason, for somebody who hasn't used this kind of framework before, how long does it typically take them to go through this, you know, b- building this strategy, answering the questions in the framework, and then actually producing income? Yes. I mean, I have a workshop, an online workshop that's eight weeks long where we get people from just starting to come up with the idea to launching something in eight weeks. Again, with that whole speed, once you've done it a number of times, you know, uh, there's a an example. I have a case study, in fact, that we could you know, share and allow people to download if you want. That talks about how I went from a brand new idea to an online course in three weeks with a small list and, and was able to generate $15,000 when I identified this need and got something out there. And again, you know, if you today, let's just say somebody's listening to this and going like, OK, I would like to replace some of my income or diversify some of my income. You know, if, if you are a coach or a consultant or knowledge worker of some sort that's used to working with a very particular uh, customer, like you probably have a pretty good sense of their needs. So you can spend the next week checking back in with those. Maybe if you can try to have two or three conversations with people on the phone or go into forums and communities and just really collect that information of what's top of mind for them. And then the next week you can sit down and go, OK, well, I'm going to pick one of these outcomes that I know that I can help them with. And that seems very important. And I'm just going to sit down and get specific about, okay, well, what are, how is my target market going to measure that up? What does success look like for them? So I can make sure that I make my process to meet all of those, you know, needs and outcomes that they're looking for. And then the next week you might sit down and go, okay, now I'm going to, and, and hopefully, you know, if you've already written books or done stuff in this realm, your process is probably there, even if it's in bits and pieces, it's a matter of just organizing it. And so you can say, okay, well, let me break this, this, from eight, I'm taking from point A to point B. Let me break this down into four to, to six milestones. And each of those milestones can be one Zoom call. And I, I mean, I keep coming back to Zoom because that's something you could you know, put together an offer, put some information even in like a Google Doc, send it out to some people saying, I'm thinking about doing this, this workshop, you know, start selling them before you've, you know, delivered the first phone call. And then, you know, so you can set that first call a few weeks from now as you're kind of piecing things together and looking and and closing your first batch of pilot students into it. But I've seen people come together with this very, very quickly Again, in order to get something to market, test it, see if people buy it, bring some cash in, get some testimonials, so then you can kind of you can take it from there and and refine it further as an offer within your within your business. But that's sometimes it takes two or, or it can take two or three months. It just depends on what else you have going on and how much bandwidth you have to get to it. But if this was like a primary focus for someone and they were eager to get it going, you can get it. You can you can get something up in a matter of a few weeks. Right. And so, yeah. So one of the things that I see people struggle with, particularly if they feel like like their, their income has been disrupted in a major way and they're feeling very stressed financially. And they don't, even if they have reserves that they can use to invest in themselves and build something new, there's a lot of fear around that. So one of the, one of the things I see is people are often reluctant to put a huge amount of both time and money into something until they're actually able to prove some results. So getting something that can where they can demonstrate some some tangible outcome and a tangible return on investment fairly early is often something that they're looking for. 
Yeah. And are you talking from the perspective of the the instructor that you know, not wanting to put too much time and energy? If no, it's not I'm talking work? about the somebody who's a consultant, coach, or knowledge worker who, especially in today's time where their income has been disrupted in a major way, they're looking to make the pivot themselves. And and they're, and they're, right. They want to be judicious in how they, whatever time they're going to invest in this process. And they're going to be pretty careful about how much money they're going to invest until they see a return on investment. So here's, yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought this up. I mean, what I've essentially been describing here is what I call my lean launch method. And that's specifically geared because of that concern of wanting to take the like lowest risk, least cost, fastest way to testing something out and not waste what time and energy and money or resources you do have. Taking something, a course like this to market very quickly, I mean, you know, yeah, there's a, a small charge for if you sign up for a professional account for Zoom, but, you know, I, I'm a big fan of this, this pilot get something through a, a live series of calls because you aren't investing in having to record a bunch of stuff or editing or branding or, I mean, that, that, case study that I talked about where I launched something in three weeks and made the 15,000, there were people, there were two different versions of signing up for that course. And some people were spending $3,000 and it was just Zoom and Google Drive. That's it. Like that's how I delivered the thing. So my cost on my side was very, uh, it was very low. The other thing I want to point out is, you know, the reason why I emphasize customer discovery is it is about experimentation, but if, when you do customer discovery, well, hopefully it brings that hypothesis a lot closer to what's going to uh, what's going to work. So in a way, like you can have a hypothesis, do some customer discovery and get a sense as to whether you're going down the right path or not. So you can pivot yet again, if things just aren't resonating in these conversations, or if you're just not hearing what you thought you were going to hear in these conversations. And then by, you know, putting together an offer. And even if it's just, you know, some kind of information sheet to get it out to some people and see, you know, before spending money in production and and even outlining a lot, you know, I mean, you have to have enough of the curriculum outlined so you can go to somebody and say, here's what you're going to learn. Here's what I'm going to take you through over the next eight weeks. But, you know, you don't need to have like made slide decks or, you know, anything like anything like that. So that's another opportunity to go and test it. And if people aren't buying, then you can go back quickly to customer discovery and say, well, what do I need to adjust here? And then try another offer. But, you know, at least this way, which I have seen happen, you're not spending three to six months in production and this whole idea and putting a platform together just to find out, oh my goodness, this course is not what the market wanted or that in the meantime, the market shifted, right? So that's why I'm a fan of this. It's a little more iterative, experimental, but then, you know, quick in order to do that, that, you know, feedback loops and, and, and test along the way. So you hopefully aren't wasting much of your, your time and resources. Jason, we've covered a lot of stuff that's really fundamental for consultant coaches and knowledge workers to be able to package their expertise in ways that will bring it to market in a successful way. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've talked about or get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, I'd like to mention two things. So I have a podcast called Impact that's all about building a thought leadership brand and business. And so you can check that out at my website, jasonvanorden.com. Every single episode has some kind of framework, kind of like what we've talked about here today and some key piece of, of thought leadership business. Um, and then I mentioned briefly that that case study, if people want to go to leanlaunchmethod.download. So that is the web address, leanlaunchmethod.download. They can get, and it it goes, there's more information even about the, these different pieces and and that uh, a case study of the, the course that I launched. So it gives you more concrete examples even of some of the stuff we've talked about today. Great. Well, Jason, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Uh, run through these steps. 
Um, I know we've covered a lot of territory in a short amount of time. My guest today has been business strategist to thought leaders, Jason Van Orden. Jason, I want to thank you again for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you, David. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how you can create multiple streams of income from your expertise and much more. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Smashing the Plateau to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.